Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Trump has demands about the debate. The fourth debate taking place in December in Alabama. And his demand is, don't have a debate. Stop spending your money on debates. You got to focus on stopping the steal. To which I said, wait a second. How can Donald Trump tell me about stopping the steal? Donald Trump told me and you and we that he had plenty of votes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. I bring this up because it was ridiculous when he said it. And I said it was ridiculous when he said it. And I had people say to me, oh, Tony, how dare you? You're such a never-Trumper. You people are out of your heads. These people, the, the, with, with the constant ideological support of Trump, it, it, it's, it's idol worship. It's creepy. Can we not admit when the man makes a mistake? Because the man makes mistakes. And one of those mistakes is when he said, you don't have to worry about votes. I've got enough votes. He said the words and it was a, well, it was a ridiculous thing to say. So we have to be careful. You got to get out there and you got to watch those voters. You don't have to vote. Don't worry about voting. The voting, we got plenty of votes. You got to watch election. If you've got plenty of votes, you don't have to worry about anybody stealing the election. But if you're concerned about shenanigans in the election, that's a different subject. You don't tell people not to vote for you. You want to talk about two weirdo messages. And for the people who are ardent Trump supporters, could you stop? Could you stop and recognize that he sounds ridiculous here? This isn't a conversation about whether or not I'll vote for Trump over Biden. I've already said it. I'll vote for Trump over Biden. I need you to stop with this idea that anything the man says is fine. It's not. It's weird. Trump wants the Republican National Committee to stop with the debates. And he he, he writes, did he write this on Truth Social? Great polls just released, best ever. Harvard Harris, Trump 67%, DeSanctimonious 9%, Bird Brain, that's Nikki Haley, I guess, 8%, Ramaswamy 5%, Christie dead in the water, a total loser. Then he continues Trump up 7 to 10% on crooked Joe Biden. RNC must save money on lowest ever ratings debates. Use it against the Democrats to stop the steal. If not, revamp the RNC now. I would love to revamp the RNC, but you're the one who decided that Ronna McDaniel should be the one in charge, and she's terrible. For the sake of clarity, Trump does not hire the best people. I will vote for Trump if he's the nominee because he's a better choice than Joe Biden. But it'd be a weird thing for the Republican Party to say, yep, let's just go down this road with Trump, who might very well end up in jail. I'm not saying he should. I'm saying he could. I'm saying there's a strong possibility of it. This case in New York is, of course, nonsense. That won't put him in jail. This thing in in Atlanta with, with, with Fannie Willis is despicable, this RICO predicate. And it is wrong that there's not going to be any serious charges regarding Joe Biden and the handling of classified information when he was vice president and had no right to it. But very well, Trump's going to go to jail for that. 
I don't, I don't know about January 6th, but he could go to jail for the classified documents case. I still make the argument he was president. He can declassify anything he chooses to anytime he wants. There is no system. There is no perfunctory hired by the president who then decides what the president can and cannot classify. This is not real. This wouldn't even make sense. Yet the left desperately wants to say there's a system for these things. Screw you. The president is the system. We vote for the president. The president decides. That's the way it goes. Silliness. That said, I'm not happy that Trump had classified documents. I'm not happy Joe Biden had classified documents. I wasn't happy that Mike Pence had classified documents. We're not discussing happiness. That can be debated at the ballot box. We're discussing legality. So I still question whether or not it is actually something that is illegal or, or, or even an offense that can have charges brought to it. But it's possible that if you are able to show, as some of the conversations possibly could, that this was ipso facto, that it, the having of the document is not the declassifying of the document. It is possible that he goes uh, to jail. And it's possible with this Justice Department that he goes to jail. So the Republican Party should give up on somebody else and bet it all on Trump. And if he goes to jail, what happens then? I know I understand why Trump would say this. Anybody who would buy into this is, is an unserious person and puts people uh, above uh, winning. You, you love Trump more than you want to win. I'm sorry, super weird. Super weird, I want no part of it. And every day, like every day, you know, I talk about um, how, how the, the left reacts to everything Trump all the time. And these people are, are just out of their heads with keeping Trump off uh, the ballot. Remember, it was, it was Representative Dan Goldman who, who said this. Um, it is just uh, uh, unquestionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has, to be, uh, he has to be eliminated. Eliminated, you say? Well, that's some language. He has now backtracked. Uh, that was a poor choice of words. I meant he can't have office again. I wish no harm uh, on anybody politically uh, or any, any political person. I wish them no harm. If a Republican had said that, no apology would ever be accepted. Ever, 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 no apology would ever be accepted if a Republican said it, but this leftist uh, says it, this impeachment manager, this, this really despicable, oh, yeah, I think he's despicable, uh, Dan Goldman. He could say eliminated and all of a sudden say, oh, he apologized, we move on. I don't know if we should move on. But just the concept of it, though. You're that bothered by by Trump? And people tell you, oh, they're terrified of Trump because he's going to expose the system. I'm not so sure of that. I want to say that for the record. I want him to. But why would I believe that he'll do it? He didn't do it in the first four years. Well, they stopped him. Whoa! They stopped him. They won't be able to stop him now. Well, now he's going to... Now he's going to what? My argument is one that is sound. My argument is one that I believe works. There is no doubt when it comes to policy 
in the Trump days, Trump's policies worked. They were conservative in nature, not Trump-like in nature. And they provided value. And there is no doubt that Trump was a stronger leader than Joe Biden. And Trump on the world stage was better for America than Joe Biden. Every conversation about Joe Biden bringing back respect to America and the world is a lie. It is opposite of reality, and we all know it. And how do we know it? We take a look at Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We take a look at Hamas's attack on Israel. And we know for fact that there is no fear of the United States. There is no respect for the United States. There is no fear or respect of Joe Biden. They look at him as a doddering old man. They take a look at this green nonsense and the vast majority of countries who we have issue with laugh. It's different regarding Trump. You told us, I shouldn't say you, it wasn't you. They, mainstream media told us that Trump was terrible and this attack on NATO allies was unacceptable and indecent and then they all paid. They all paid! And lo and behold, NATO realized with the Russian attack uh, on Ukraine that maybe they're going to have to do some work. But what they learned with Joe Biden is that they don't have anybody who can lead on that part. They're going to have to handle a great amount of it on their own, which I'm, of course, fine with. Because these other NATO allies, they I was, I was talking really about European allies, they need to be more focused and they need to pay up and they need to be able to fight uh, uh along with the rest of us, not just rely on the United States to keep the Russian threat at bay as it has since World War II. Trump was right about these things. Trump did those things. Going to deny that. But when it comes to the things at home, when it comes to the drain the swamp stuff, he didn't do any of it. As a matter of fact, he hired terrible people in way too many places. And nothing got done. So it's okay to ask, will things actually get done? And then it's also okay to ask, you think America wants to vote for him again? You think they want a rematch of Trump-Biden? I don't think they want a rematch of that. Because the disdain for Trump amongst voters all over the place is 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 greater than the love. Well, you see Trump beating Biden head to head. Yes, and Nikki Haley does far better. So wouldn't the answer be Nikki Haley? I mean, you're talking about winning, right? Well, no, now you're not talking about winning. You're talking about something else. Winning with the right person. Winning with the right person. That's a good line. I like the idea of winning with the right person too. I do. I like the idea of winning with the right person. I have no idea if that's Trump. Well, none of these other people are going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. You want to point out flaws with Nikki Haley? Gladly. You want to point out flaws with Ron DeSantis? No problem. Flaws with, flaws with Vivek Ramaswamy or Chris Christie? You gotcha. Trump has no flaws? I'll give you a flaw. Four years and he didn't do the damn job. Four years and he didn't handle the re-election properly. Four years and he didn't handle the special election uh, that gave uh, the Democrats the Senate properly. Four years and he didn't handle the midterms properly. What? He did? No, he didn't. Why are we debating something we know to be true? No, he didn't. Because it's about him. 
Not about what has to get done. It's about him, not what provides value. And his push to try and get the debates to end is about him, not what's best. What's best is a plan. And one should have a plan if Trump goes to jail. I'm not saying it's right. No part of me has ever said that it's right. And yes, I will dismiss the phone calls and the emails that say, how dare you? It seems to me I'm the only person thinking here. Well, I shouldn't, maybe I'm not the only person. Maybe that's just a, a little bit elitist and, and, and rude. I'm saying one should have a plan. I'm saying the debate should go on. Of course they should. I am saying there's a real conversation whether or not Trump is able to win a general. And if I, you want to tell me, but the polls say, then the correct answer is Nikki Haley. But she won't do what's necessary. I'm not so sure Trump will either. I'm not. I'm not sold. I'll vote for him if he's the nominee, but I'm not sold. That's how in I am. That's how focused I am on taking this away from Biden and trying to get things better. My, my problem with, with the argument coming back to me is I don't believe that these other people are. Will the Trump supporter vote for Nikki Haley? What if she's the nominee? Your, your guy didn't win. Nikki Haley gets the nomination. What's your plan? If Ron DeSantis gets the nomination, will you vote for him? Vivek Ramaswamy? Chris Christie? Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I don't necessarily want any of them. I'm super disappointed with the fact that uh, Ron DeSantis cannot run a campaign, but when it comes to actually getting things done, he's the guy I would take because he actually has gotten things done. We're going to argue that's not a record of success in Florida. I'm not listening to that crazy talk because it's crazy talk. Of course he has a record of success in Florida. Of course he's gotten things done in Florida. When it comes to the doing, Ron DeSantis crushes. When it comes to the talking, it's ridiculous. When it comes to the campaigning, I mean, it's just downright embarrassing how bad the DeSantis camp is at that. But if he was in the job, I believe the job would get done. But if you're somebody who's going for Trump and Trump doesn't get the nomination, you say to me, well, then I'm not going to vote for these other people. What am I supposed to say? You're going to vote for Trump third party? He's not going to win. You're going to hand it back. You can do it. You can do it. But we now have different agendas. And that's the part that people have a hard time in, in the communication with. I want to win. I want to, if all I can do is incrementally increase my position, is incrementally increase my position. Some other people want to die with their savior. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Because I don't, I don't win that way. Let's argue Trump gets the nomination. Trump loses the election, 2024. In 2028, you still going to tell me how this is Trump's time? I just want to know when it stops. When does it stop? When does it end? If I were to utilize somebody else as an example, 
three years from now, because they have off-year elections in Georgia, three years from now, are Democrats still going to run Stacey Abrams for governor? Is she going to say to the rest of the field, sorry, I've got this, you at arm's length over there, no, 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 I'm here. And if you run against me, you're a racist who hates women. They're going to do that? I mean, my God, they got rid of Hillary. Although they talked about it four ways from Sunday, there was no Hillary conversation in 2020. And truthfully, there's really no Hillary conversation in 2024, even though they discuss whether or not Joe Biden is going to be on the ticket. We have different desires, I think, uh, amongst the political right. I want to win. Some other people only want one guy to win. That's different. That's a different point of view. I want the cleaning of the, the, the draining of the swamp. I want the better result. I want conservatism. I want to be left alone. I want less government in my life. I want all of these things but I can't get any of them if I don't win. And I believe that argument is the stronger argument than only Trump can do the job. Doesn't matter if he doesn't win. And there is more baggage on him and then there is on Haley and DeSantis. I think that's got to be recognized. The debates have to happen. A plan B has to be in effect. And for all we know, it might actually be plan A. We'll see what happens with Iowa. That'll start telling us the story. And we'll see what happens with the indictments. That will also tell us the story. This is Tony Katz today. Just to stick with the campaign trail conversation, it can be embarrassing. Running for president is not easy. And as Nikki Haley found out... um, uh, don't don't ever uh, put a plant in the crowd. I love your hat. Thank you. Thank you. One of your guys gave it to me for free. <laughs> she sees this kid, and she says, "I like your hat." The kid's wearing a Nikki Haley hat, and a young girl, and she says, "Thank you. One of your people gave it to me for free." Oh, that's just that is just so beautiful. And of, and of course, that's the way it happens. And it's not even a, a slam on Haley. It's just a, good Lord, you played it and you got hit with it and you take the sling and it's, oh, where's the authenticity? I think that's what people ask at that moment. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. It's rough. It is rough, but it does. There, there's an authenticity conversation uh, in that. Don't mention the hat. You don't know how she got that. You don't think your staff was giving people the hats? Of course you were giving out the hats. You're giving out the hats to everybody. Or maybe maybe I'm just seeing it wrong and it doesn't matter. To me, it's like it's like a it's a hit on Haley. It's like, oh, look what she did, look what she stepped in, and and who needs it? It is funny. It is funny. Oh, the mouth of babes. Good stuff, young lady. Good on you. Find everything going on at TonyCats.com. We'd love to have your support over there, TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today.
is expected to screen a record 30 million passengers this Thanksgiving. And it comes as 169 terror suspects were encountered at the southern border last fiscal year, more than the previous six years combined. Air marshals, though, are tied up down at the border instead of on flights where they should be. So it might be unsafe to fly. And of course, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, wants you to know it's all Republicans' fault. Oh, it's it's not. But his preemptive attack is something precious. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Thanksgiving just days away. Tomorrow, I will have my cigar picks for Thanksgiving. I will. I'm going to make it easy. I didn't do a big thing uh, about the Thanksgiving cigar because I didn't know how the weather was going to be. And now, you know, depending on where you are, of course, but in, in, in beloved Indiana, my beloved Indiana, we're now going to see sunshine and, and 50 plus degrees. And that wasn't, it was, we were starting out at the beginning of the week, uh, possibly rainy and temperatures in the upper 30s. Well, now you're into the, okay, maybe I can sneak out midday for a cigar. Maybe I'm going to have to get a heater or something like that, get the cigar. So now I'm like, all right, I got to do it. So I'll get to the cigar picks tomorrow. Remind me. Remind me. I'll, 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 I'll try and get some cigar picks in, in there uh, for sure. But this was, this was Pete Buttigieg talking about air travel, predicting all of these absolutely terrible things to happen and blaming it on Republicans. It was a weird, weird story. His Thanksgiving message stated, uh, went, went as follows. Bottom line is that, you know, in just two or three years, we've gone from people wondering whether the U.S. aviation sector as we knew it would survive to a mountain right now of record demand and record work going on to meet that demand. Admittedly, You've got 30 million people who are going to be traveling. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people who are traveling. I'm always amazed that they can afford it. I'm t- as I said, I'm, I'm going to head down to Florida and see my parents and my mother-in-law. Everybody's getting older. We're doing a couple of days in Florida. Holy cow. I don't even look at the people who go to Disney. I have no idea what they're, I have no idea what they do for a living. I just, I guess I'm going to have to find their OnlyFans page. It's the only way I can figure it out. It's the only way I can figure out how they can afford this stuff. Otherwise, it's debt up to the eyeballs. And you look at uh, a third quarter at $1.08 trillion in credit card debt, and you're like, yeah, maybe you're on to something. There, there are a ton of people flying. There was 30 million people being screened. That's what the expectation is. It's a lot of people. So this is what Buttigieg says. I need to stress that the progress I've discussed and the progress underway with regard to our aviation workforce, technology, and infrastructure is not guaranteed. Every time extremist Republicans in Congress bring us to the brink of a government shutdown, it threatens to stop the momentum that we built around training and around protecting customers' rights. There's no shutdown. There's no, there's no shutdown. What is he possibly talking about? Every time they threaten to slash funding for DOT and short the FAA, there's a Republican proposal to do that on the cusp of reaching the House floor right now. It threatens to reverse all this progress. First, I'm not sure what he's talking about with slashing Department of Transportation funding, but I don't know why there can't be a lessening of Department of Transportation funding. Maybe you don't have to worry about those racist roadways. But why are you blaming Republicans 
preemptively for travel issues that have not happened by claiming that they're threatening not to fund the government, which they already did. They put forth the stopgap measure. Democrats went along with it and it passed. What are we discussing here? This is a weird, weird statement for for Buttigieg to make. And it's because what other statement is he going to make? He has nothing else that he can offer. It is always about the attack mechanism, every way about the attack mechanism. Go after Republicans, go after Republicans, go after them. Don't worry about anything else. It's, it's, it's maddening and it's ugly. I think people are a little more interested in this idea about air marshals. This story was on Fox News that air marshals are not on flights. They're working the border. We are ushering in illegal immigrants on the border and leaving the traveling public unsafe. This, according to Sonia Labosco, director of the Air Marshal National Council. She stated the air marshals are being deployed at the U.S. southern border instead of in the transportation sector. Well, there's a question for Pete Buttigieg. That's a, a question to ask. And her advice uh, to anybody who's traveling, I think it was uh, Carly Shimkus who was asking uh, the, the, the questions. Listen to this. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you like a good Samaritan, because you're kind of you're on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the exit doors are. Look where your flight attendants are standing around you. But I would look at other passengers to see, you know, I would be looking around for a football player or somebody, a pretty big guy or a couple big guys in case you needed to take action. Wow. So you're telling me that my best bet in being safe on an airplane is to find a football player? That's an insane thought. That's crazy town. Now, I I will admit to you, I'm aware of where I'm at on a plane. Look, I get it. I'm super weird about airplanes. I'm super weird about airplanes. Uh, I used to be very, very frightened of air travel. Like very to to a level of superstition, to a level of uh, a series of things that that is mostly gone by the, by the wayside uh, for me. But I still have certain basic rules. Uh, first, wear a suit on an airplane. It, look, look, you can either be a dirt, decent person or not. It's your choice. If you wear pajamas, you're terrible. If you wear flip-flops, you're terrible. You sometimes see these videos of people uh, who put their feet up on the seat in front of them. Who the hell are you? Screw you. You should be immediately removed from the plane, violently if necessary, including tasers and maybe a sledgehammer, and then you shouldn't be allowed on a plane anymore. Go fly privately. Put your feet up on the armrest in front of you. Are you insane? People are are terrible. And I feel the same way if you wear pajamas, by the way. it's That's me. I get it. But I am aware of where I'm at, and I am aware of who's on the plane, and I'm aware of if a problem happens, who would I look to? That's to me, is not a weird thing to do. I've done that. I still do that. If there was a problem on a plane, I, I'll ask you this question this way. 
how many of you would be looking at the problem and how many of you would be looking around to see whether the problem is a, a bit of diversion so somebody else could do something bad? Because I'm in the camp B. I figure enough people are going to be looking at the problem. I'm looking around to see who's utilizing that as an opportunity, if that's, if that's staged or if that's real. Absolutely, I'm doing that. You, you think I'm crazy? I'm trying to look for who's closer to the front of the plane that you could look to to block uh, people from trying to get to the cockpit. I'm sorry, I learned things. I've watched what happened has happened in our society, and I'm like, what would I do differently? How would one go about these things differently? How does one plan a best outcome? And the best outcome is landing, which is why I don't like anybody being weird on a plane. No one cares about how you feel. Sit there, eat your peanuts, and shut up. Just land. And then... When you're on terra firma, you go about with your friends being the total weirdo freak that you are, and we will all forget about you. That's how unimportant you are when you're acted up on a plane. Like, 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 you, like you matter. Like your feelings matter to us. They don't matter. Keep quiet. That's what matters. But, but enough of that. I am somebody looking around. I am somebody aware of... Whether or not somebody is like wicked drunk, which I've never actually seen. I and I yes, I've gone to Vegas. I've just never been around it. Well, yes, I've been on planes with Fingers Malloy, who I do eat drink smoke with, but like wicked drunk, nah. No, not not fingers. But I can also apply this looking around concept to everything I've ever done. It's the way I was raised. I'm always keeping an eye on things. I'm always taking a look. At, at what's happening, of where I'm at, I'm who I'm surrounded with. Of course. Of course I am. But there's certainly nothing that would make anybody say if there's an issue this holiday season, it's because of Republicans. That's just invented nonsense. I'm just, I am amazed by the people who travel for Thanksgiving, though. I, w- I will say, it's not that I haven't done it. It's that I haven't done it recently. In Thanksgiving travel? That I had to get on a plane for? Oh, that's been more than 10 years. I I just stopped. My wife and I looked at each other and said, this is not a way to live. This is not something that we want to be a part of. No, no, we'll, we'll go another weekend. It's ju- it, it can't be that important. It can't. There's just, we have to make other things in our life important. The idea of family connection has to exist outside when somebody says, here's a date on a calendar. Especially when getting together with that date on a calendar means a cost structure that's prohibitive. I don't know if people do that or not. I don't know if people stand up to their own family or not and say, this isn't working. We need a better way to go about doing this. And then there's the families where people are like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, grandma will be so upset. Oh, my mom will be so angry. Your mom and your grandma will get over it. And if they don't, they're telling you something about them that you should know. I am not somebody who believes that, well, it's family and you do what you do for family. Family should be smarter than that. Family should be better than that. And every time the holidays come up, I, I, I end up in, in this conversation because I, I think it's important. Why do we do the things that we do? 
Air travel is going to be this. Air travel is going to be that. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be difficult. And now it's a question of safety. Well, we we have to go because it's it's Thanksgiving. We have to be there for Thanksgiving. If we're not eating grandma's turkey, we're all going to die. We're not going to die. What are you talking about? And by the way, her turkey was never that good. <gasps> well, in most cases, it was never that good. Some of those grandmas can really do some turkey. There have to be other things that become more valuable, other things that are more important, other ways of engaging the celebration that bring more. That has to happen. It cannot be all about this specific thing, a day. And if grandma or mom or dad or the uncle or whoever is like, if you're not here, well, uh, you've just ruined the holiday. Those are people who need help, and they should be told, you need help. You're not okay. Psychologically, you're lost. What is this? You have to be there. No, you don't. No, you don't have to be there. All of a sudden, there is no love. There is no family. I just wish people would would, uh, take all of these things in in a very rational way. And do away for themselves with the emotions that others can't seem to get past. There are things to get emotional about. You can love your family, but if you can't get there on Thanksgiving and they're angry with you, that's not an emotion that's worthy of, of respect or response. That's gross. And so I think people need to take a step back, ask themselves ask themselves what's really important, and then focus on those things. Fulfill those things. Go after the things that are really important. I don't know if spending the money and going through the hassle for Thanksgiving itself is one of those things. I personally don't think it is. Then again, I'm also a guy who says if you don't wear a suit on a plane, you shouldn't be allowed on the plane. I... I I'll, I'll take the hits. It's okay. It's all right. On the X Twitter at Tony Katz. Feel free. This is Tony Katz today. I think the most important thing is that in his response, in that legal threat, he actually confirmed that our reporting was was accurate. I mean, every, he said that everything in our report, actually, as we said it existed, did actually exist on the platform. And, and that's basically our core argument, is that the platform is so saturated with extremism, with white genocide, with anti-Semitism, with racism, with conspiracy theories, things that otherwise should be managed in some way, that they can't actually protect the few brands that are still willing to remain on the platform. And this has actually been an ongoing thing for the last few months, this is just the latest and actually a string of these instances. So I think the most important thing, though, is that he confirmed that we were right. I don't think that's what Elon Musk confirmed. But then again, your media matters. Lying is kind of kind of your thing. It's, it's, in my view, it's, it's, it's what you do. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, what's going on? I mean, they'll take anything somebody says on Fox News, wherever this is Media Matters for America, and blow it into something uh, insane. I've had it happen uh, about me. Others have had it happen uh, about them from Media Matters. But this is a lawsuit from Elon Musk because you're saying that advertisers like IBM had their ads alongside Nazi content. But no one was able to duplicate how you were able to show this. And as a matter of fact, they're questioning whether you show it at all. 
And most importantly, it's a conversation about what you allow on the platform versus the idea of limiting what's allowed on the platform. I can appreciate that a brand, whether it be an IBM or, or, or me or you, you don't want your content, yourself uh, associated with, with Nazis. That makes absolutely perfect sense. I hate Eleanor Nazis. Me too. But to claim that the platform is purposefully running these things together without being able to prove it as a way of going after the advertisers for X, which it was Twitter, to try and starve the, the platform of advertisers, well, that's something different. And that's exactly what Media Matters does, and they do it over and over again. It's always about attacking those they disagree with. Their purpose is to destroy Fox News and destroy anybody who's a conservative. And so what they're most upset about, as so many of these people are, is that Twitter is no longer in their control, and therefore it must be destroyed. They don't believe go get your own platform. They believe you shouldn't be allowed a voice. Remember that. And that's why this lawsuit is so important, this conversation is so important, why we're having it. They don't believe you should have a voice if you disagree with them, which is why you got to keep talking. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.